Hi, everyone, to our third Fire in the Dark interview. And today I'm joined by a Mr. John Downey. Uh, Hello. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to get right into it, John. Who are you? What do you do? I'm John Downey, that is. Uh, I am I'm a lot of things. I am a brewer. Uh, I brew beer for a living professionally. I am a podcaster. I am an opera singer. My uh, my bachelor's degree is in in opera. Uh, I'm a just general performer, and uh, I, and I'm very happy to be here. That's that's a that's the end to my answer of who I am. Who I am Perfect. is happy to be here. <laughs> happy to be here, and all all of John's links and things will be in the show notes. So be sure to check out all of them, yes. including uh, the Outlaws Network, which is fantastic. Yeah, a lot all the content stuff that I could have plugged there. No, yeah, it's all in the go, notes. Go, go, check, go check the notes. Go check all that. It's all great and it and John, worthy of 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 your time, I promise. Yeah. John, <laughs> much like me, is in too many things at once. So we're just gonna Correct. put them in the show notes. <laughs> uh so so then John, what we're gonna we're gonna talk about Mort. Just like Yeah. El Elevator pitch. Who's Mort? Oh. What Mort? inspirations did you pull from, you know, music or otherwise? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. Oh. Mort is a lovable, quiet mountain. He he's i i wanted to i had the idea that i wanted to be like sort of a sidekick kind of character going into character creation like i my character creation process is when it comes to ccrpgs and it, it's usually starts as like a very simple idea and then mm -hmm. i just try and kind of put myself in those shoes of that simple idea like i try and get very uh uh personal with it very quickly like mm -hmm. i just try and and get the very bare bones of a character and then immediately put that suit on and then figure the yeah. rest out like through improv basically mm -hmm. um so the very very bare bones idea was like okay i see all of these different uh tropes that that are are given to you by the system by uh mm -hmm. by blades in the dark and some of these are seem more fun than other ones potentially or i can see what what direction like my cast members my cast mates could go in and mm. i love to take sort of a support role and i love a challenge so like i i wanted to find maybe a a role that other people might not immediately jump at uh, and a role that would help us sort of round out our team mechanically. So I found Cutter, which is basically like, uh, it's it seemed to me like uh, your muscle or like a bodyguard mm -hmm. type of person. And I was like, I can run with that. That's super easy. It's not sexy at all, like on the outset. It's just a very basic like muscle class. Um, and I can see why other people might not be into that, but it seems like it'd be very useful to have one of those people around. So from a support standpoint, I was like, okay, that seems very good to me. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted, I, I had the idea to be like the lovable himbo, but I have another character that's very similar to that in another TTRPG that I do on the Outlaws Network. So I wanted mm -hmm. to change it a little bit. 
Um, I think I ended up with a character that's that's pretty cut and dry, like a character trope-wise that we've seen in a lot of other media, but I, I still had a lot of uh, fun playing with that. And I'm I'm not, I mean, I'm not too afraid of uh of doing something that's been done before. So yeah. Yeah. Well originality's been dead. Like as someone who yeah, there's only designs, so much we can do. <laughs> um, I, I, I really love that description, uh, especially as someone who also does like the support role style characters. Yeah. Um, but I personally describe Mort as a mountain-sized cinnamon roll. <laughs> I, yeah. I think that's yeah. like. It's I think very. That's like it's the one apt. sentence version. Um. Yeah, I love that. But. So were there any uh, any pieces of media? I know we talked a bit about the tropes, but were there any pieces of media or like inspirations that you pulled from when creating more? Character-wise, not necessarily. I think we've mm -hmm. seen the sort of like sidekicky, quiet, big bodyguard type in, mm -hmm. in a lot of different forms. So in that regard, um, I mean, take your pick of any yeah. of any media that has that that I've seen, because uh, mm -hmm. I I was definitely th that definitely helped with this character. Um, something that never came up, and it wasn't really supposed to. I mm -hmm. I cannot tell you why I did this, but when it came to the name specifically, the only I I wanted this to be a a character that was very that was very personal for some reason like i i just wanted to be like have the option to go really deep with this character mm -hmm. um especially since with those sidekicky characters in media you don't usually get to go that deep with them um yeah. unless you get way too much of this product uh i'm thinking like a, a Hodor in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, you, you don't know fuck all about that guy until you get way, way down the line and you're like, oh, this mm -hmm. is his entire backstory. Now you know everything about him. So um, I wanted the option there. And so I started very, very close to home with specifically the name. Um, so Mort, specifically Mort the Mouth, mm -hmm. is actually, if you said those words to maybe your parents or your grandparents they would actually know who you're talking about uh -huh. um my great uncle his <laughs> name is uh mort morton downey jr um he was known as mort the mouth uh because he had his own tv show in the 80s um that was called the morton downey jr show uh it's not a good show uh he was not a good person um and that's kind of why I started there was because I wanted something that was based in in my own blood and based in truth, but mm -hmm. was definitely something that you want to look away from the more you you see it and take it in. Um, huh. You can find full episodes of this person's TV show. I I I don't necessarily recommend it. I think I you should be probably including them because I actually don't. Now that don't. you've said it, yeah. Now that you said it, I do recognize this. I'm like, oh okay. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird one. If you've ever seen Predator Two, he also uh, mm -hmm. cameoed as himself in, in Predator Two. Um, yep. That's th that was specifically the height of his fame. I think um, mm -hmm. all you need to know about him is that 
he wikipedia his wikipedia page um credits him with pioneering trash talk television so not a not a great uh not a role model by 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 any means um so yeah he basically had a whole tv show that was just him bringing on people guests that he disagreed with uh and he had a very cult-like uh, audience so basically he would bring them on to talk about their opinions and then he would just yell at them and then have his audience members get up and also yell at them it's it, it was not fun yeah. there was a lot of very bad opinions uh and yeah. he was he had a very very controversial uh, uh presence in general hmm. so definitely not a good dude um mm. so that but that's kind of why i wanted to start there because we're yeah. scoundrels right well yeah. that that's the whole point is like i wanted it to be very based in myself and based in truth and then also something that's uh that's that's kind of difficult to to grasp trying to step into the shoes of of someone who you pretty morally disagree with at a very base yeah. level you know so that's that's why i started there and then morrison um he's more at the mouth morrison Mm -hmm. um that's actually a very 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 old family name from this same line in the family tree i didn't uh -huh. want to just throw in mort the mouth downy because that would that's literally just the dude's name yeah um but morrison what, what is cool about this side of my family tree specifically is that mm -hmm. you can track them all on wikipedia there there's famous performers starting with him and it goes all the way back to like civil war times um you can just you can just trace it all the way back on wikipedia which is very very cool um but the oldest you can get is a guy named morris w morris or lewis morrison was another name he went by and he was a stage performer um and his wikipedia page um it's not this anymore i i was very surprised to see that it had changed recently but mm -hmm. his his picture on his wikipedia page for a long time was him playing mephistopheles in faust which is is just oh. very very cool so yeah there's yeah. long long line of performers in the in the downies but yeah so that's where i got morrison from was that yeah, so that's awesome besides the name though mort, yeah. mort started in that place and then got very personal to me and very mm. personable and very and turned into a nicer guy than I wanted him to be, um, yeah. which is kind of why I'm glad uh, that Jamie was able to help me go in some directions that were like, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. what is what is this? Why are you doing this? Um, and and we still we still don't really have the answers. No, we don't. I trust me. I have I have things to poke at when we talk later <laughs> um, now. Kind of all that being said, you talked about how for you creating a character and playing them is like putting on a suit or putting yeah. on a costume. And then that Mort specifically um, is kind of built around being very personal to you. Yeah. So throughout this season, how did you deal with like the concept of character bleed where, you know, the feelings run over? Yeah. Um. So this is something that um you do see you do see it and it's very real and luckily for me mm -hmm. i it's just not something that comes up very frequently um i don't know if that's because i'm 
yeah i i i don't know why and it's kind of useless yeah. to speculate but i it's not something that i struggle with thank thankfully um it might be because of just the amount of hours i've put in on mm -hmm. stage and stuff like that like i'm i've i've been on and off stage doing performances of of this and that ever since i was a kid so i mean yeah um, as i'd say that in, would be my first regard. guess yeah because that's usually um what i point to because i've only had one or two moments like that and i talked a yeah. bit with parker about this so i don't want to repeat myself but like that doesn't come up very often but i also remember playing you know 20 different characters before i got to this point right so, yeah um all that being said the next few questions i have are all season one related okay and we're not including the finale got it the finale, Great. the finale gets its own bubble okay all right um so walking into this season of fire in the dark uh we've talked a bit about your original expectations for more mm -hmm. we saw we've already mentioned how they played out and how did they really change for you throughout the season because you talked about how mort started as like a, not a great guy yeah how did how did that change for you throughout the season Hmm. So I I think all of these things just this is the really interesting thing about uh TTRPGs and improv in general, right? Mm -hmm. I I'm not one of those people that comes up with a character and has the character completely fully fleshed out exactly how I want them to be perceived, etc. By the time I show up on day one, I like mm -hmm. I I don't I don't want to have that situation because like yeah. a lot of what i personally get out of ttrpgs is is the performance and the improv of it all and i don't want to mm -hmm. be hindered by that in any way not that it could be not that it is hindering for everyone who does this yeah. but i it would hinder hinder the way that i go through my characters if that's what i was doing mm -hmm. um i love to be able to show up on day one and have someone throw out a line that's like hey why are you I don't know why are you staring at that banister we we had a situation I don't know if it was session zero or session one but mm -hmm. somebody made some offhand comment about the woodwork or about how I was I think it was Jamie narrating uh mm -hmm. that I was appreciating the the woodwork on a banister in in a house that we were in and I was like mm -hmm. sure Mort can be super into woodwork why not yeah and like I and I love having that having so many potential openings in your character mm -hmm. for those things to sort of bleed in and that's a very simple example that i mean you could tack that onto basically anybody it wouldn't be a problem but yeah. that, that's that's a very minor example of, of of something like that like i'm i'm very open to even other people making pretty major decisions for my character mm -hmm. for me and and then just saying like yeah okay i guess this is the direction we're going sure that's that's set in stone now baby where that's yeah and that's just the nature of improv and that's that's what i love about it 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 changed a lot very quickly yeah um and i think all the the baking stuff I, that became a pretty big trope pretty quickly and i th that's one thing that i think ingratiated me to to some of the people who watch the show and definitely mm -hmm. my castmates as well and that was it was just a random 
improv thing. I think it was just there was a, a silence that went on a little too long, and I I yeah. wanted to throw something out. It's like, yeah, so, lemon bars, you know. If I remember correctly, yeah. at first you didn't even make the lemon bars; you had just brought them. Right. Yeah. And then it evolved into yes. Mort the Mouth the Baker. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Uh, I, and I, I love that so much. <laughs> and it, I, I, I had the thought at one point that was like, I could, I could just go wholly into this mm -hmm. and say, yes, I'm a baker. It's my life out, out. Like whenever we're not doing shenanigans and robbing people yeah. or whatever, I am just in the bakery, like in the, in the kitchen with the hot oven, making everything yeah. you can imagine. And then at a certain point I was like, I, is I think it's more interesting if like he's got lemon bars from this recipe that he had and then like one or two other things that he yep. knows how to make. And I like I wanted that to become a process that we were going through in real time mm -hmm. as opposed to something from his past. It's like yeah. he brought lemon bars, then he tried his hand at making them and people were very, very excited and they really really liked yeah. them and then okay let's try this other thing that i found a recipe for and mm -hmm. it it's sort of we're we're watching mort become a better baker as it goes on yeah. as opposed to this is just a thing he did forever you know yeah no i, I thought agree. that was a, i thought that was a more interesting choice so i 100 percent agree it's one of like my favorite little, not even an arc for Mort, but just like seeing that progress throughout the season, yeah. you can definitely see where like he's trying new things or he's like, oh, I got this <laughs> recipe from someone. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so much fun to watch. Thank so you. actually, so while we're on the topic of Mort and baking, um, yeah. this question came from Parker. Uh, what is Mort's favorite pastry that he wishes he knew how to make? Is his favorite pastry that he doesn't know how to make, but he wishes he could. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You're the only one where this question is even more confusing. <laughs> is it, this is something you've been asking to everybody? Yeah. This is what is your favorite, your character's favorite pastry that you secretly wish Mort knew how to make. <laughs> and for me, it kind of comes around and eats itself. Yeah. It's like, what does Mort um, not know that he wants to know? Yeah. Right. What's his, his aspiration bake? Oh, that's so tough. Cause it's, cause he's, he's in there. If it was simple enough, he could just do it. Yeah. I want to say something like, um, like a baklava or something like Ooh. something that's a little trickier that might have some, uh, so maybe ingredients he doesn't know how to get his hands on. I think baklava mm -hmm. is a, a good choice. Ooh, also, I get to I live really like vicariously that. through my characters a little bit because I developed a, an allergy to pistachios. And oh. I can't have baklava anymore, and I fucking love it. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. let's go with that. That's good. Perfect. Um, so now now we hit more of the, uh, the highlight section of season one. Okay. Starting with, uh, what was your favorite score slash episode? and why i think again because of what i what i like to get out of my ttrpgs mm -hmm. i think my favorite episode was the episode where the fog hounds came to us for uh, for help with their yeah so problem. uh episode three war and peace 
Yeah, um, right. Yeah, because that was where y'all went to the the neutral ground at the yep. abandoned church. Um, the hunt showed up at one point, and then y'all had to go out into the Deathlands. Yeah, it was a super weird. It was unlike anything we had done before, and I, it was mm-hmm. very unlike anything we ended up doing later either. Uh, it was a yep. very very unique scenario, and it for whatever reason it lent itself very well to character progression for Mort. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how everybody else walked away from it, but I felt like Mort's character came out of that having been on a roller coaster. Cole really liked it as like the consequences of our actions sort of deal yeah, because the sure. hounds were something from session zero. Yeah. Um, so like the audience didn't know too much about it, just knew that y'all were in trouble with hounds because we had referenced it a couple times at this point yeah um and then for parker it was really interesting because that was the episode where we really first got to see the um the ghost veil effect where parker could like turn invisible right uh and and just kind of the the confirmation that everyone cared about each other because crow is like i thought you had already left I'm so sorry. And Asher's just like, oh, it's fine. I got, look, I got yeah. money. We get paid. Yeah. And that was like, I think this wasn't something that was addressed in the episode, but mm-hmm. looking back on it, had you asked yeah. Mort the question, how do you feel coming out of this engagement the yeah. day after that event happened? He would yeah. have probably felt horrible because his, his whole thing is trying to get everybody out safe. He yep. just wants to make sure that he's the last one out and make sure that everybody gets through. And obviously I, as the player knew that, that Parker's character was still in there. Yeah. And I, I just, th- there's those moments where you are you're looking more at playing the game as opposed to playing the meta game. And mm-hmm. you just have to understand that your character does not know some things and you have to yep. act on what they actually know. And that was one of those moments where Mort Mort thought everyone was out. So he left and then finding out that they were still in there mm-hmm. would have killed him. Like he, yep. he would have been in a, in a bad place knowing that he had not left every stone unturned. Yeah. That just confirmed for me that like the weirder the episode I feel like we get so much good character progression out of it. Yeah. Um, Because the... Actually, we'll hit on this in a minute. Um, (laughs) Because the one of the other things is more like overall throughout the season, again, not including the finale, Mm -hmm. what are... Pulling from our decompress, favorite moments for you, and so anybody on the cast could fit this bill, and then favorite moments for Mort specifically. Favorite what is your highlight overall. reel for Fire in the Dark? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, definitely one of my favorite moments um, was Asher going for that, uh, going for that safe. Mm-hmm. when there was literally a monster in the room. I do yeah. think, I, I think we touched on this as a group uh, after the finale maybe, but that mm-hmm. was that was one scene where if you, were, if you were hiring an artist to depict a scene to be like the background image 
that yeah. showed everybody, every single character doing exactly what they are designed to do all in mm -hmm. one shot in the in the the hardest of situations in like the highest stress scenario yep. that was the scene over for the entire season everybody was in one room together mm -hmm. we've got like everybody doing exactly what their character is designed for while there's this hideous monster trying to yep. kill everyone at the same time um and i i think the pinnacle of that was was asher's decision to see have all of this chaos going on and then see a safe and say i have to you know yep definitely one of my one of my favorite moments overall mm -hmm. um my favorite moment with mort with mort though we had that scene where we where we had that meeting ground where mm -hmm. it's it's like accepted that there's no weapons and there's like a yep. silent agreement made where if you if you do anything violent to the people in there, then everyone will know and it'll really affect your reputation. Like there's, yeah. there's all sorts of repercussions for, for uh, going back on that basically. Mm -hmm. So that scene, I personally had to go through so many different emotions with Mort. And yeah. this is a person who's been through the military. They've, they have, and, and beyond that, their word is their bond. That's mm -hmm. that's the big thing with Mort. Or that became the big thing with Mort is that his word was his bond, and so he has this this connection to this group of people that he's been with to mm -hmm. to the the Murmur Venture Project. These these other people in the crew. He's basically agreed to to help them get with whatever they need. Essentially, it started out mm -hmm. as we're going to try and get pyro off the streets and yep. for Mort, that's that's a win-win that's great it's it's clearly done a lot of damage and getting it off the streets is only a good thing but as that went on you gain you have connections with these people that you're working with and you're, you're working towards the same goal and so in addition to that he has this background now with the hunt the hunt yep. came to him and and had this conflict, he sort of managed, um, the hunt kind of managed to appeal to this weird primal aspect of Mort mm -hmm. and get, sort of sink his teeth into Mort in a way that I didn't expect and I don't think Mort did either. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, I don't think Mort had an idea and I definitely didn't have an idea of the extent of the hunt's reach until yeah. this episode this episode where it, it became very clear that i am no better than the people pushing pyro on the streets i am basically helping this demon who is just killing people for no reason and i i thought that maybe being with the hunt and getting help from the hunt was mm -hmm. going to help me get better at what i do be it be more helpful to my group and i didn't think there would be really any repercussions with that then you get to this episode war and peace and you realize the hunt is using you he's killing yep. people and it's partially your fault it's largely your fault specifically for this group that you're being confronted mm -hmm. with now with the foghounds so getting them to confront and then having a separate side conversation with my crew and saying those people are fucking goners there's yep. like there's no reason to help them i've seen what this dude can do 
and these people are going to die. I, yeah. I don't think there is any way to, to fix this for them. There's, I mean, they're an opposing gang. We're at war with them right now. There's, mm -hmm. we should just walk away. And because I'm now concerned with what could happen to us if we oppose the hunt. Yep. And then literally in the middle of that thought process, he realizes that it doesn't matter. He's given these people his word. These people have his, his group, the Murder Venture Project. He's given mm -hmm. them their, his word. And they as a group have decided to help them. Yeah. And that he realizes in the moment is what matters. Mm -hmm. And the, re the chips will fall where they may at that point. So that's, that's where he sort of just completely goes back and defaults to I'll go with the group and I'm sorry and I'll do what I can to help. I and it, it just, it, it, it just goes wild from there. Like that, that was, it was some of the most character that I've been able to lend to a game mm -hmm. like this, to a TTRPG in real time within, in a span of like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Because like, you're talking about this and throughout this whole interview process i forget how important that episode is yeah for all of you because it's so interesting to see like yeah the development with the hunt um asher being asher tristero i think traumaing out again I think trauma out in the church or like I right don't, outside. I don't the remember. I would have to rewatch it. Trauma. Um, yeah. But um, no, it's just like that episode was really interesting from that perspective. Yeah, um, definitely. Kind of expanding out. Um, favorite NPC from this season, and why? <laughs> oh, that's hard. Uh huh uh dang i mean okay and this is pre-finale if that helps sure 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 i yeah i mean rick immediately comes to mind yeah rick is a was a very good vi and i i guess i don't know i feel like i've been telling people that rick was a spur of the moment character i don't know if jamie has a short list of NPCs that they have already had in mind that they might be pulling from, but I to have me, no clue. <laughs> yeah, to from from my standpoint, it seemed like they were creating this character whole cloth mm -hmm. in, in the moment, and yep. it was such a well thought out NPC with a with so much character behind them. Mm -hmm. So I loved Rick. I think a sleeper pick would have been Jeff. And Jeff was very yeah. short-lived as well. I I loved that. That was a very early, early on character that mm. I really enjoyed. Their their sort of very short, maybe two episode existence. Yeah, yeah. No, that one was really good. Um, yeah. And then, uh, okay. Before I get to this last this last question, um. Other thing I like to ask is uh, taking a look at episode six, which is um, burning the wick at both ends. Um, 
how did it feel having a fifth member of the crew for an episode? Very natural, weirdly. Hmm. I I I didn't feel like it was a disruption really hmm. at all from, from my standpoint. I don't know if maybe that's an oversight on our part as a group. The fact that we, I don't think we ever had a huddle to be like, do we trust this person? <laughs> like, is this, should we just be listening to them entirely and, and going with them, like whatever they say? Um, so maybe that's on us, the fact that it, it worked, wasn't. It worked out. <laughs> it did work out in the end. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I mean, obviously it was super fun having having you at the table with us. You're You're always there, but yeah. having you actually playing with us was extremely fun. And that, it's such a good character too. Mm. um yeah wick is great and and that it was it was a very fun energy to throw into this mix completely yeah. um because it's it's definitely not a a character trope that we that existed in this group prior to mm. i think you're i think wick is probably most like tristero uh if you had yes. to pick but yes. i mean it was it was a very refreshing addition i would say mm -hmm. um and then i'll just pull this in here even though it's part of my season two questions would you mm -hmm. like to see more guests in the future yeah absolutely um yeah if if not for any other reason now because mm -hmm. i kind of want a redemption <laughs> it, it, it just to show our our collective minds working mm -hmm. from a from a safety standpoint within the like in context safety yeah for for us to be like uh okay like we're, we'll go with them but like let's let's be careful like, about this you know yeah because we got lucky the first time <laughs> you, you very much did um that that being said uh you know the care you're talking about huddling up for a little wick mm -hmm. person you should have been worried about was right under your nose the whole time. Yeah. Um, so, but before I hit on the finale and all the revelations that came with that. Yeah. Uh, does Mort have any regrets pre finale? Honestly, with, I, I, and I think this started pretty early on in the season, but, but mm -hmm. I think episode three was, was this point, And then everything afterwards is because yeah. of that. I think Mort's only regret still even before the finale, after the finale was doing anything with the hunt. I can see Honestly. that. Yeah. I can see that. Well then, um, actually one more question. Cause I forgot about yeah. this one. Uh, John, this was your first time playing Blades in the Dark. It was. How do you like it? Uh, I love it, honestly. It I think it's very, it's very conducive to mm. being a show. I, I think it this yep. was a perfect AP because it's I'm not I'm not into AP for like learning games. I think yeah watching ap is a great way to learn it's how I, I learned dungeons and dragons was watching and listening to ap but i think that ap is kind of at its best when it when it is approached 
more as a show as opposed mm -hmm. to just watching people play a game as it's intended i think yeah. there's a little bit of rule bending and a little bit of this and a little bit of that that is sometimes necessary depending on the game um yeah. and i think that that's not really present here it's not it's not needed it's it's an open mm -hmm. enough game system where you can have a little bit of crunch and you can work out your little game mechanics and and you can sort of um optimize your your play that way but it, mm -hmm. it does leave a lot open for character growth and storytelling and i i think yeah. that's it's perfect um the one aspect of the game that i absolutely adore that i wanted to to play with more and i could never kind of that's the one thing that i i want to figure out how to do naturally and and work in more mm -hmm. is the flashbacks yeah because it's such a it, it's such a cool thing to throw into your system especially since yeah. it's all based on like heists and you watch like the mm -hmm. oceans movies and they always have that it's all they're as you're setting up the the heist mm -hmm. in in concept you're also the audience is watching them as they're going through the actual heist itself there's always yeah. that scene and then way down the line it gets more dramatic and things go wrong and then all of a sudden there's a twist and there's a flashback like oh right we're still talking about the plan you're you're yeah. sort of woken up to the fact that you're still not in the moment yet you're still hearing mm -hmm. the plan and there's a twist of like oh right this there's a whole other thing that happened that made it so the odds are actually in our favor but you thought they were yeah. And I love putting that sort of improv capability on, on you to be able to say, what could have we done in the past to make this better and mm -hmm. not be completely stonewalled and said, okay, well that it's gone. You, you can't, it's, oh, yeah. that happened. This is the present. You can't go back to the past, but in this, it allows for that very cinematic moment of like mm -hmm. twist. We actually did set up perfectly for this. Yeah. Um, and I think the the best, the way we worked that that out best was during the party uh, yep. episode. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah, the party that was like backup house, complete like perfect, perfect play for that mm -hmm. episode. It was a perfect demo of what the system can do and what the system can be. Yep. It was very very cool, and I wish that I. I want more chances to be able to come up with those flashbacks on my own. Cause mm -hmm. it was something every time we sat down, I was like, remember you can do the flashback thing. And that'd yep. be very, very cool to be able to pull that out. And I just, I never figured it out, but I, yeah. I, I was thinking of some moments about that during the finale. Now the finale is a rare case because like y'all were kind of set up to have to go in, not knowing a whole lot. Yeah. Um, we were very blindsided by a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but the finale is one that I pull from, from like, um, knowing, you know, let's say you need to know what the, what the ghost, the lowest tier pyro pushers, um, right. what their, what their agenda was for the day. That's something where you could flash back to you doing consort or command to get that information and then pop mm -hmm. back to the present, things like that. Right. Um, cause I personally also love flashback can't figure out how to do it other than it's hard it's it's a you have to get your brain to work yeah. in a different way yeah um because like for wick it used to be whenever i did flashback it'd be like 
oh, did I remember to make this thing or go to my usual alchemy person and be like, hey, I need these six ingredients for this very specific thing <laughs> um, and run through it that way. So for me, it was more like, what do I need a flashback to get so I have it now? Yeah. Um, which kind of played into load. So it was always interesting. Yeah. Um, and my load was basically armor every single time. Oh, 100%. You, you burned. <laughs> there are so many discarded like vests and <laughs> plates and whatever else just on the boat somewhere yeah yeah um so now we get to the crux of the moment the finale um oh it was a lot and it was a lot for Mort specifically it was i was not expecting that much attention I think no. going into the finale. <laughs> so, so, so first off, I, I think I just have to jump to that. How did it yeah. feel confronting Mort's father? Um, super weird because yeah. I, I, the player thought that that person was dead. Mm -hmm. I, I had written up a, a very like, uh, a very almost edgelord kind of backstory page for, for uh -huh. this. And I, I didn't expect any of it to come up. Honestly, yeah. I wrote that and was like, okay, I have this in the back of my mind and maybe Jamie does a little bit too, but I'm mm -hmm. not expecting any of it to come back around. Um, and then to have to confront a, not only a, a character you thought was dead, but a, a a character that's as important as like a father figure to come back yeah. is so much. And, it, and mm -hmm. he, he had to confront a lot of things at once because he had no idea what his parents were involved in prior to his, his military time. Like he, he okay, just yeah. knew that they were rich and that was it. Like he, he knew about his upbringing and the fact that they weren't really around very much and he didn't really know what they did. Mm -hmm. Th that was basically it then you get to the military time he hasn't spoken to his family in probably years at that point he goes mm -hmm. back to his family home during this attempted coup and he his unit for some reason gets assigned to this house and he ends up having to have a, a full-on battle with his father as his mother runs off into the sunset by herself and he is driven now by his connection and devotion to his new family which is his military unit he mm. he's completely devoted to them and this is the objective right now is to stop this person no matter who it is so yeah. he completely kills this person or at least he think he thinks he did he he i think i think i the way it was written was he stabbed him in the neck um and then he just assumed he was dead and i guess the military had confirmed it at some point so in his mind confirmed kill he does mm -hmm. he still doesn't know about the drug involvement he doesn't know about the pyro he just knows that mm -hmm. his dad is dead so he thought yeah then you get to right now where the last like several maybe full year or at least a several months span yeah. has been spent dealing with pyro and and seeing the destruction it, it can 
cause and mm-hmm. all of the death that it's caused and then seeing this person has been in charge of it the entire time he's your dad the one you thought you killed this person who you had no reason to specifically hate other than that they were not a very good parent to you now yeah. not only like you were guilty for killing them because why did they have to die now mm-hmm. they're alive and that makes you happy because you don't have to feel that guilt that you've had for so many years, but also they're in charge of all of this stuff that you've been working against. So actually maybe you do need to kill them and maybe there is a reason for it, but then you still mm-hmm. have the guilt of having to kill someone. So it was like, there were so many layers that you had to work through in that very moment. Now, cutting back real quick, because there's one yeah. thing I, I had a question about. Sure. Uh, you say stabbed in the neck. Yes. Then what? What's the bite mark about? So, this this was a seed that I had planted basically to create a sense of uh sort of shame. And okay. So what happened was he stabs his father in in the neck. Yeah. Then these are two giant men. I, I mean. Yeah. So and and they're in a complete tussle. His dad is sort of is towering over him a little bit, gets the stab, and then falls onto Mort. Physically, Mort takes him, and his his face sort of ends up in the crook of his neck. Neck, yeah. Turns around, body falls to the ground. His face is now covered in blood. The 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 nickname the mouth is uh-huh. a rumor it's fully a rumor oh from other people in his unit seeing See him that. with his mouth covered in blood that's Com- completely a rumor it him mm. biting his dad's neck anything like that like weird vampire sort of mm-hmm. uh of hearsay complete rumor never actually happened hmm and that was just a way of being like, I love this, that everyone has their alias, and yeah. I wanted to give that some dimension. And mm. this was a way to say, I have an alias. It is something that people know me by. I fucking hate it. I love that. I yeah. love that. And I like. I think that really showed in the moment, like as soon as that bite mark appeared, uh, you you even made that same comment of like, that's a name I hate being known by something along yeah. those lines. And I loved hearing that. Um, Cause actually um, I don't even know if I talked with Jamie about this. The reason Wick is called Wick is because he's short tempered. Yeah. That's cool. So, I love that. Um, Cause there's so many other reasons why you could be named. Wick. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole explosion aesthetic yeah. for one. Uh, but you no, know, it's because it, while he was in the military, uh, he was very short-tempered, so he became whatever his title was, Wick. Yeah, um, that's rad. Yeah, so uh, same hat is all I'm saying. Same hat. Uh, so then on top of that, with Mort's father, you also get into the fact that he's also with the hunt, in a sense. Right. Like, he, yeah. he was with the hunt, and then is what happens when you don't work with him anymore. So now there's the added layer of yep. 
you're probably the reason why the hunt approached me in the first place as we've discussed the only thing he's actually regretting at this point in time yep and that's your fucking fault this guy who i thought i was i was feeling guilty about killing for no reason i now have several reasons to want to kill you why do i not why do i like yeah and all that conglomerated into wow that was terrible words it was um, a word on my part it was a word uh <laughs> combined into what is probably my favorite line from you out of this game okay which was uh you talk about how much you don't want to be a father let me end that for you oh shit <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that just came out of John Downey's mouth. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and then we immediately went to break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, what a what a miserable breaking point. I was just like, let me in there. Let yep. me do this. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. So it's very fun. I, I wanted to specifically talk about that encounter because I think it's really good. And the fight that played out after was also phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and getting to see, I think we got a little bit of a taste of what the hunt's going to be like for you going into season two with that. Yeah. Cause like you were getting armor, you got claws, you got like everything out of that. More got real scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then kind of taking a step back and talking about the finale overall. Um, same thing as before. Favorite mm-hmm. moment for more favorite moment overall. My favorite, I would say my favorite moment, if I can make it. Yeah, as so, much, as little or as big as you want. My favorite moment is mm-hmm. Tristero confronting Mort when he's given up after killing his father again. Yeah. He, he said exactly the words that Mort needed to hear. Mm-hmm. When he otherwise would have probably just let himself die in a building collapse. And yeah. the the reason it was so cathartic was because of the way that Cole played that entire episode. That yeah. Tristero as a character had made their way so convolutedly and it was all up and down and very... It was very, very fun to watch, and Cole played it amazingly. And all mm-hmm. of the NPCs that that Jamie had put together for uh, all the people from Cole's backstory, from Tristero's backstory, um, were so stellar. It was so cool watching all of those scenes. And this episode, the finale, was when Tristero really came into their own of mm-hmm. being a, a, a full-blown leader. Yep. The, the torch had been passed, and Tristero had taken it up. And said, I, I am going to lead this crew and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And that had been that seed had been planted at the beginning of the episode and had sort of shown itself. And then that moment is really when it was like, You are a leader. You are a leader who deserves to be followed. Yeah. Yeah. Um with Mort. Oh. I mean, I, honestly, it might be the same the same moment. Yeah, trying so trying to confront what 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 more do I have to give? Mm-hmm. Uh, what what can I really do from here? Where can we go? 
and trying to think about that trying to put myself in more shoes in that moment yeah and honestly trying to think of reasons to continue on and then mm-hmm. receiving them and taking that and like is that enough in this moment and mort being the man that he is the answer was yes so yeah yeah it was it was a very it was a very good climactic moment for sure and then kind of along with that um who is your favorite npc from this episode because there were several new ones um we had bear uh we had bear your father um vile smasher um archie (laughs) yeah yeah new side of archie yeah side of archie uh that's four off the top of my head there was one more like general right um oh the guy that uh tristero stabbed yeah uh jackal 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 yeah yeah because there were four generals the jackal the burn demon who ended up being my father and then the bear i i'm kind of sad we didn't get to see more of the bear because you will next season yeah right exactly and i (laughs) i'm very excited for that um who was the one that was super pissed? I was very, I was very in my own head and in my, oh, in my, Vi- sort of in my own Vile lane. Smasher. Vile Smasher. That was, yeah. that was very fun. And that's a difficult thing to role play too. Like mm-hmm. trying to think, trying to come up with a, a character and trying to come up with dialogue for a character who is just dripping and is just a complete asshole and, yep. and getting that across without having to say anything that would like obviously is just inflammatory and like why would you actually bother saying something like that live like you're just going to make people upset like towing that line is very difficult and jamie did it perfectly Mm -hmm. so Um, i'd have to say vile smasher for me and then uh for for me um i think i actually missed this um so going back to season one real quick uh my favorite moment with mort um i any any interaction with the hunt is up there uh because yeah i i definitely like feel those those small windows into this other side of mort um yeah that is now kind of clashed together in the finale um and then the like i have i have pairings in y'all's group and it's uh morton tristero and then crow and asher (laughs) yeah um i think that's fair and so for me partner and partner is one of my favorite things (laughs) the whole casino episode Um, that was very fun yeah it was it was just fun to to watch at the hip was good um and then moving into the finale i I mean i've already said my favorite line for mort um Mm -hmm. when confronting the burnt demon um but then like also, that mo- the moments before Tristero showed up, where Mort just like falls and is like done. Yeah, that was it. Um, I thought that was super powerful. Then we get to the end of the finale, where the job's not done and the blue coats show up. Uh, how'd you feel about that? Like the moment the harpoons hit the boat. 
So the moment I knew something was up uh-huh. was when we were still at the facility and mm-hmm. the boat had left or the boat was sinking. The boat was sinking. The boat was sinking and it wasn't us. Mm-hmm. Like something happened in our favor that we did not put into play. Yep. And at that moment I was like, something stinks. Yep. And then we got on the boat and I was like, Oh, we're whatever it is. We're going to find out real soon. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, Mort emotionally was so fatigued by this point mm-hmm. and probably physically as well. Yeah. That- you were almost, you almost trauma out. If I remember correctly. Yes, very near. I think I was literally one point away. Yeah. And I think he went into just into full just hunker down like but mm-hmm. somebody tell me what to do and I'll do it, but I'm not I I'm out right now. Yeah. Like I I'm I'm completely numb. Everything nothing matters right now, but I'm here for you guys. Mm-hmm. Tell me what to do and I'll do it, right? Yep. So. And then we actually get my other favorite Mort scene from the finale, uh, which is Mort finally getting to blow up the boat. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was... <laughs> Mr. Mr. I've been seasick this entire season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a very silly character choice that I was like, I almost regretted halfway through the season. It's like, how much should I keep this up? Is, is it... If I just get, if I just get rid of it now, where I'm like fine on the boat, is that progression or is that me like ignoring forgetting, ignoring, yeah, yeah, just ignoring that there's that this aspect of my character exists? But I that was a very good uh, a pin in that. It was, mm-hmm. it was a a nice little tag on the end of that that storyline, that part, that piece of his character. And then we get to y'all on the rooftops. Yeah. And time slows down, and I get to watch the entire party be completely engrossed in Jamie while I'm yeah. just sitting back smiling because this was the exact moment that I knew about all the way back in episode four. Yeah. God. Yeah, it was fucked up for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, and it was incredible to watch. I mean, that, yeah. that monologue that Jamie had was extremely well, well read uh well acted well performed and a real a real fucking power play too from a gm to to put you in a scenario where like yeah no you you gotta sit and listen like we were stuck in time we we're not allowed to do anything about this i have a model and that this i have no end to the respect i have for jamie as a gm and this is one of those moves where i'm like yeah absolutely take take your time do it you set this up perfectly no we we do have to sit and listen to your villain monologue there's nothing we can do go off absolutely also like yes that's true but huge credit to y'all as players Uh for being so engrossed in your characters that you don't immediately interrupt yeah because that is you know i you and I have probably seen it a hundred times at this point. Someone starts the speech that they've been working on for six months and waiting on the party to get to this moment and it's interrupted with a fart joke. Um, yeah. And yep. so it, it felt real good to get to watch Jamie show off and 
pull that Any, speech. Anybody who's run even a session of a TTRPG mm. is hopefully not the kind of person that's going to interrupt something that clearly someone put their heart into, you know? Yeah. That's like just uh, from the meta side of things, like, come on, let, let them have their moment, you know? So now we have Archie and the Kindled. Yeah. Uh, so how Kindled how's... great, great yes. name for a group, by the way. Yes. And the Kindled and then the, the vial itself is kindling. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really cool. Spooky. Um, and then we'll get to the fact that Crow has a vial of that stuff right now. Yeah, um, right. I didn't bring that up. I should have brought... So Parker and I is flashing back to that real quick. Hey, call back. Um, flashback, flashing back to my interview with Parker. That was really like the conspiracy theory episode. Um, okay, because, yeah. Because apparently, for context, uh, Parker and Cole, since the finale... Mm-hmm. like maybe a couple hours after we wrapped up decompress have been messaging each other back and forth oh my god <laughs> and they're they're gonna pull you the other two of y'all in eventually yeah I mean, but i know i know parker's off in germany right now uh, right. but that was something that i forgot to bring up with parker uh oh shit there's a y'all have access to one yeah um, so that was yeah so we know how the 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 kindled are cool i can't wait to see more of them yeah but how's mort feel about archie now because you hugged that man at the beginning of the finale yeah i think that i think it's a weirdly easy one to let go for mort believe it or not and i i struggle with that because i i do know how i felt about archie and i do know how mort felt about archie but Mm -hmm. their relationship was still not close you know they they had worked together and i think he i think i think mort would lump him in with the crew as a Mm. as a whole starting at the beginning of that day yeah but i think he's just seen too much at this point i i think mort is just again at this point in in that day at this point in his Mm -hmm. life he was just emotionally drained and i don't think he had anything left so this this betrayal yeah is almost trivial to him he's he's just he's so taken out of it i don't mm-hmm. think he really gives a shit about what's going on with archie and i think i don't know how I, the fact that there is still pyro quote unquote on the streets mm-hmm. and the fact that there's still someone who's pushing to get it out there um is something that could drive him motivationally but besides that I think Mort's Mort's head is elsewhere. I, I think he, motivation wise, he's he's in another place. So, what we're gonna touch back on that um, okay. in a minute because it, it's interesting how you worded that because that's okay. a different, it's a little bit of a different perspective than I had um, coming out of the finale. Yeah, but um, 
kind of in that same vein, touched a little bit on how you're still feeling about Pyro right now. Let's yeah. look at the let's look at the other side of this uh, little dispute. What about Murmur and the crew? How, how does Mort feel about that right now? I don't think he's gotten to the point where he's realized that all, all of these things reach the same end, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we we in real life know that all of these things are ultimately a detriment, right? Yeah. I don't think he's gotten there. I think he's he's only he's definitely honed in on Pyro as being mm-hmm. sort of the bad guy. And I think the fact that we haven't seen things really break bad with Murmur yeah. um, probably goes into that. I think yeah. if he's really confronted with something horrific that happens from Murmur specifically, mm-hmm. then he'll think differently. But I, I think he's pretty indifferent to Murmur. I think he's seen what it can do. And at the worst, it's been somebody kind of had a bad trip. And that was Tristero. basically it. Yeah, right. Yeah um but yeah i think he i think he's ultimately apathetic to to murmur mm-hmm. and i think he he thinks if it were a one-to-one replacement if he took out all of the pyro or kindling in mm-hmm. and replaced it with murmur i think he would feel like that was a win with where he is yeah. right now with the crew still still very positive uh, he has a lot of respect for everyone in the crew he mm-hmm. he was he feels just as blindsided. He doesn't suspect that anyone was maybe in on it with Archie. He, he's not, I, I, I don't think he's suspicious of anybody. Okay. I think yeah. he definitely has a lot of respect for Tristero stepping up and helping him get out of a bad situation. I mm-hmm. think he got to see a lot. I mean, he's throughout their time together. Um, he's seen a lot of amazing heroics, uh, and skill from from the other two as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, from the crew, ultimately very positive for sure. Yeah. So, before we transition into season two and talking about yeah. that, let's touch back on kindling because yeah, you talk about it like it's just pyro plus. Yeah. Um, and that it's going to be the same operations and everything else. I actually don't feel that way. Okay. I, I, the way I saw that finale, because the other thing is y'all don't have any of the processing equipment for Murmur now. It all got taken out of the warehouse. Uh, so for me, that was Archie saying, I'm done playing with these toys. Mm-hmm. Pyro and Murmur from like a base level are gone. You know, yeah. there's still maybe spots of it here and there. Um, and kindling is something that's just for him is the way I took it. Like it's now his super drug to cause his fire and everything. Right. Or, or power up everybody in the, in the kindled. So I will be really interested to see if Pyro is still around next season. Yeah. I, I think it's really going to take a, a demonstration of, how bad it can really be mm-hmm. to to get Mort on board with yeah. with going full against it because right now, okay, you've got your you've got your super drug for you and your friends, and we helped mm-hmm. you get there, and that kind of sucks. But 
we still destroyed pyro and pyro yeah. was it was just killing people randomly like anyone who had some friend who had a little bit it was like here try this you do it yeah. and it goes wrong and you fucking die like that obviously yeah. that's horrible and so i think knowing that they were still successful in that mm-hmm. i think mort is like sure you 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 have this i that's that's fine i have a demon who's very very deeply embedded in my soul and my psyche uh that i need to fucking get rid of right now so how mm-hmm. where weight wise what what's yeah. what's more important to me right now right i love this i love this <laughs> so much um yeah i just got this demon like you know i just I'll got a, a cheeky and, demon over here and then and then i'll worry about your you know raising the city to the ground plan um yeah it, it, it's not that big of a deal i can just punch you and it'll be all over um <laughs> so kind of on that note and moving into season two um we so to me this sounds like there's a chance this might have been the last we see of Mort. i i don't know i I really don't know i think it's possible that we have seen the last of mort i would like to these loose ends that mort has that he wants to tie up I would mm-hmm. like to play. So yeah. I think it all comes down to probably a conversation with Jamie to yeah. see where they want to go with the season. And if it if it fits to, this is very like behind the curtain stuff. Yeah, but, I, that's the point of this question. <laughs> right, yeah. I think it's if if they think it would, it would make sense to go through those things mm-hmm. for the audience's uh, uh, benefit, then... Oh easily we would see mort again um but if it just doesn't fit if we're if we're really going gung-ho all for archie and the kindle Mm -hmm. then maybe not i don't know look at that y'all communicating with your gm leads to cool (laughs) things do it yeah um and like we we've really talked about what mort's mindset is going into next season right now you're very like mort's in this very apathetic space and has bigger fish to fry, uh, so, so to he speak. thinks. Yeah. So, so he thinks. I mean, I to an extent, I agree with you. Seeing the hunt in its full form, like forearms, seven eyes, claws <laughs> out the wazoo. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I think that's gonna be very interesting to have to deal with. Um, and then I. I have this question as who I'm going to ask who or what. Uh, so who or what do you want to see more of next season? Ooh. And is that as more as John, however you want to take it. We got a lot of little moments with Crow. Mm-hmm. Having this very, very cool uh, relationship with, with ghosts, uh, etc., mm-hmm. And, that was some of my favorite stuff in the entire show was seeing, I mean, Rue's performance in those moments was just incredible. And, and also just making Jamie come up with more characters Uh, on on the the spot. spot. Always good. Yeah. So, and obviously that one, and I think it was the same, it was the same episode, uh, episode three 
where mm -hmm. where crow had that sort of apathetic moment or not ap empathetic moment em thank you we've been saying apathetic words. a lot to be a lot fair. of it yeah uh, that empathetic moment with the creature who is like mm -hmm. this conglomeration of all just a mass of flesh from all sorts of different creatures um, yeah. and being able to have that moment and and realize what what it is they need and what it is they want and and be mm -hmm. empathetic in that moment is so cool that was such a good scene um, and I, just more more crow i think is the answer <laughs> like, yeah that's a good answer i agree with that um i for me uh at least looking at mort which i know uh depending on what y'all want to get into next season mort may or may not be the best fit um yeah. i definitely want to i want to see this wrap up with the hunt because it's yeah it's come to a head it's just a matter of when one of y'all pulls the trigger right um and then for me, I have like other mindset questions, but the other thing I want to talk about, we have not mentioned your sister. That is like a thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because I heard your mother's off in Tykerosi. Yeah. Where's your sister? That, uh, another, another improv thing that I, that I adore that Jamie took and ran with. It was like, yeah. when, when I sent them my backstory too, I was, I said mm -hmm. something to the effect of, I am not married to any of this. You could scrap mm -hmm. this entire thing. I don't care. Just let me know whatever. Yeah. And there's, I purposely made a lot of the terms very loose. So you can mm -hmm. sort of have wiggle room to do with this, what you want. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I ever stated a number of siblings or who those siblings were. I think I stated that I had sibling potentially multiple yeah. and it wasn't, wasn't a huge part of the backstory. So the fact that they turned that into, okay, you do have a sibling. It is a sister and they were taken by your mother off to wherever they ended up at. So love that first off just yeah. a, a fun thing to now know about my own character mm -hmm. um and yeah uh, th that would be really wild if that one came back around and that mm -hmm. would be extremely fun to play with if if it turns out that my sister in the game is out there and is a problem and needs to be yeah. dealt with or or just isn't and may, maybe finds their way into Doskval and Mort probably would not be into that. And it was like, hey, you honestly, you and mom, as long as mom's not a, a secret, secret mastermind and is getting into other shit elsewhere and has you involved, yeah. you guys probably had the right idea to get the hell out of here. You really yeah. shouldn't be here, especially now that I've made more enemies, you know? Yeah. I'd be and really the fact that there's a that. demon running around cherry picking members of our family to be to that. do their bidding oh yeah. no what if the sister is also with the hunt yeah that's There's... that's a great point um <laughs> yeah because for me i the reason i asked specifically about your sister is because the way the burn demon talked about it yeah mother went to tykeros i never heard where your sister went right because they left the day of the coup but then specifically, mom went to Tykerosi. Yeah. So, just to like throw you that thread. And yeah, you thanks. 
that. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm having to do these for everybody. So I have four times this right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's very troubling. Yeah. So have fun with that. Thank um, you. Then uh, looking, looking ahead at season two, um, mm-hmm. what for, for ease, we're going to say it's more that you're playing. Okay. Sure. Yeah. What does Mort want to be remembered for? What mark does he want to leave on Duskfall? If one at all. Yeah, if one at all is right. Um, I don't think Mort ever had um, had visions of, of grandeur in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. I think I think he spent a lot of his life at this point trying to make up for his past yeah i think he i mean I mean, he has this whole idea of um this his uh what did i what did i call it i'm gonna have to like look it up to actually get mm-hmm. it right his vice so mm-hmm. his vice is obligation right oh yeah he he has this obligation to his former unit and it leads to a lot of of some good and and some really bad right he mm-hmm. um he had his military uniform that could have actively come in handy for for one of the one of the gigs i wanted to yeah. say uh, one of the jobs that we did and yeah. he ends up burning his uniform uh as his as his stress release at the end of that mm-hmm. episode um so that's that's a a a severe negative and then yeah uh in addition to that he just ends up basically anyone that jamie introduces that is from my former military unit i just owe Mm -hmm. something to inherently so that was something that could have been really bad if i wasn't completely tied up with uh the burned demon in the basement and in the finale dealing with bear could have been a whole fucking other thing and i i had some ideas in my head about how that could have played out and it never it never came to fruition so we'll we'll see what happens potentially uh, next season potentially next season so um he's he's largely been making up for his past he's mm-hmm. he at, kind of I guess late in his military career, but I don't think he was in the military for that long before this yeah. happened. He had long enough to build up this this bond with his unit and then had to kill his father, which he feels really guilty about. And so mm-hmm. there's trying to make up for that and trying to make up for the fact that his mother got away. Like that, mm-hmm. there was that whole aspect where he now feels this obligation to his unit because he failed the mission. The coup didn't yeah. go. His mom got away. He killed it. Like there's, that's a whole mixed mess in that, his mind that yeah. entire day. Um, so he's spending a lot of time trying to make this up to his unit and make it up to himself. Mm-hmm. And then with, with everything that follows, everything that happens with murmur, everything that happens with pyro, all of that he's taking on to himself. Uh, yeah. I, Anything that happens now with the hunt, he's feeling guilty about. I mm-hmm. think if he can convince himself that Doskval came out a net zero regarding his involvement, he yeah. will take that as a severe win. And anything less will be a severe disappointment to him. 
that yeah yeah i could agree with that um so more more of a fun question yeah uh (laughs) because more more had a lot in that finale and that's kind of bled through for us into season two and talking about what could be we do have some fun things to talk about because of season two and we'll talk about this during our session zero in in a couple weeks but uh y'all currently don't have a patron but you still have the patron ability right and i've i've heard a couple different options thrown out um Mm -hmm. there's skurlock uh (laughs) yeah uh there's the damned and there's oh yeah yeah or um uh cold throughout the hive as well that's another option the hive so what what are you feeling john what what direction you, know, you want to see this crew go you know those are v- vastly different directions i would say yep. basically all of those i would i really like the idea of um of yeah the um uh, of helene I, li- I like helene as an option it seems very clean personally it's yeah. just you've you you've got the money. No one's questioning where you're getting the money from. You have the connection. Uh, that's it, it's it's kind of a layup, I would say. Yeah. Um. The other ones are real wild. I would like to throw in the Dimmer Sisters. Yeah, we, think, we have kind of a history with them. Um, we have a positive uh, relationship with them. I want to say Cole threw that out, but that might have been outsider interview. Um, yeah i remember our interactions with them very fondly so i think that would be an interesting another like very weird and potentially very fun direction to go in with Mm -hmm. it yeah i think that's a safer bet than scurlock personally yeah i'd say that (laughs) um because that's always fun um and then yeah it's really interesting to see what y'all talk about because you you and cole both have talked about helene mm-hmm. um and parker even said helene but there were a lot of uh buts and ifs added on to that <laughs> um, it does it would put asher in a very awkward position yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that's the majority why um and then i i'm just excited to see what y'all go with cole even threw out like switching out that ability for something else Mm-hmm. um so which is an option so that's I'm that really would be very cool that would yeah. it'd be cool to look at the other options the other way that it could go mm. and it would be real real fucking wild and it would be very very complicated for Mort mm-hmm. is if the hunt filled that role i don't know I, how that would work mechanically i don't, I don't know either. what that would look like but I certainly I a powerful don't, presence. I don't know if it could. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I think I like not even taking into account that I play Wick. Um, I think the dam's the safer option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get the same thing. They're murderers. Yeah. So interesting. Um, but yeah, so that was uh us talking about the entirety of the season um and going into season two and all that we're now at closing (laughs) remarks um yeah i have i have two questions the first one is this is open floor 
you can talk about the cast, you can talk about Jamie specifically, and you can talk about your time on Huntsman Side Room, just whatever you want to discuss. Um, like I mentioned before we started recording, Parker went super sappy, Cole started <laughs> calling people out. <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this it's been such an incredible experience. I, I feel... I feel extremely welcome into this space by mm-hmm. uh, by you and and the other folks at Huntsman's Hydra, uh, Jamie included. And it's very it's really special for me. It was this is the first streamed TTRPG that I've done on a channel that I did not produce myself. So that mm-hmm. was huge. Like that was a, that was a big going outside of my comfort zone thing and to be welcomed with such open arms and to be encouraged and, and to be helped and uplifted at every mm-hmm. point. And honestly, this whole experience has also been a master class in a lot of, aspects of streaming ttrpgs for me mm-hmm. as someone who 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 does it myself because there, yeah. there's a lot of things that that me and my friends uh, on our channel are are not necessarily the best at right now mm-hmm. that we haven't really had to confront because so far the only people who have played on our channels are literally the people who we've known and been Mm -hmm. friends with for like over a decade so there's a lot of these aspects that you don't need to consider thinking specifically about safety tools and stuff like that yeah um that's it had never been a part of our games prior to streaming them live on twitch Mm -hmm. um and so that it just never really made its way in because it was all the same people doing all the same stuff uh and no one has ever stepped out of line but now i have such a better idea since moving into this space uh, in general, and specifically mm-hmm. since doing this game with uh, with you and with Jamie on the Huntsman's Hydra, it, it's it's given me a lot of stuff to think about moving forward with my own content. And mm-hmm. I'm so immensely grateful to have been given the opportunity to sit in on that masterclass and and sort of take notes and and yeah i mm-hmm. i'm i'm very grateful for that the the safety tools in place here are, are extremely good the 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 space that we're given after each session to to talk things out mm-hmm. and make sure that character bleed is taken care of um or at least confronted right yeah um super super important uh to to take care of people in that way to set a standard for saying we are we are paying our people that's yeah. huge. The the because this is this is work. And no matter how fun it is, you, yeah. people you, like anytime you're demanding people's time, mm-hmm. it's they there has to be compensation for that. And it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter what it like how much it is or whatever. The fact that there is a standard here for we pay our people is mm-hmm. so so incredible and I I commend you for it. Um, and I'm I'm extremely proud to have been a part of this channel in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've I've learned a ton. I had a, a great time playing. I've expanded my TTRPG horizons. I think significantly. Just like the, uh, there are so many games that I have never played and never even heard of 
yeah. Blades in the Dark being one of them. And just by being in calls with you, you guys who know yeah. all of this stuff about all these games that I would adore, um, mm. I just never would have heard of otherwise. So it, it's no. just been it's a very, very cool and a very knowledgeable group of people to be able to spend some time with every, every couple weeks. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've, I've nothing but good things to say about all of these people. Top, top notch role players on this cast, like top notch mm-hmm. performers, top notch cosplayers in, in some cases, not myself, uh, at all, but really just in incredible group of performers. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. I I couldn't I couldn't be happier with the experience. And then, John, I leave you with this final question. Okay. If you could say something to him right now, what would you say to Archie? I think if it were Mort, mm-hmm. and I think this is what I'll leave you with. I think he would say to Archie, "I'm not the one you should be intimidated by." Damn. And I think I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's perfect. That's very, yeah. No, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> with that lovely line, uh, this has been an interview post season one of Fire in the Dark. I've been joined by John Downey, uh, who is incredible. Go check him out on all the things. His links will be below and go especially check out the Outlaws Network because. You talk a lot about learning things from us and being here, but like a lot of my, the, a lot of the joy that I get out of um, improv and role play, a lot of that I get to see over at the Outlaws Network and is not something I truly get to experience on other actual plays. So being able to see that chaos and be able to grab some of my favorite tidbits and pull them into my games <laughs> is just beautiful. Um, for instance, uh, the diner that y'all go to all the time oh in Outlaws and Old Ones. Um, that was that was uh, yeah, that was quite an episode. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Um, but I will leave you all with that. <laughs> And look forward, if you're watching these in order, our next interview's uh, Rue and then Jamie after that. Uh, But otherwise, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you soon for season two. Bye.